What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hindsightless, the sporadic podcast where I talk about life, role-playing games, or whatever else might be running around inside of my head, but mostly role-playing games, because they're awesome, they're fun, and they can even make you cry a little bit. Just had another session of Beyond the Wall, and it was it was an interesting one. It really was, so I want to talk about that uh there there might be some calls but i don't think so i'm recording this as of right now there are no calls so we'll see when this episode comes out uh but yeah that that's gonna be the crux of the episode there might be a little bit more but right now i'm gonna talk about some wrath of the righteous nope i'm not i'm a freaking liar i'm gonna talk about some goddamn beyond the wall Yeah, like I said, it was it was an interesting session for a bunch of different reasons. Uh, one, it'd been a couple weeks since we played, so I'd been catching myself up on everything today. Uh, two, yet again, we didn't have the whole <laughs> the whole group there. We had a, enough folks, though. There was three out of the four. Uh, three. There was some weird energy at first. Uh, it, things are just hectic. One of the players was playing from the road. Uh, it things life is life, right? So there was a little bit of weird energy at the at the beginning, but we got past that. Uh, and then again, I didn't really have a whole lot planned. Um, but one of the things I love about this game is because it it puts a lot of really useful tools right at your fingertips in a easy to find, easy to access, easy to use manner. And I love that. Like I knew there were, so the party, if you, if you cast your minds back, they ended last session, they had gone to Xanathar's traveling wonder show. And then they decided that they were going to basically sneak out of town and meet up with uh, with one of the players, Thorweald, the huntsman. He he has met a fey creature out in the woods in this certain location, and that fey creature sometimes has knowledge. So they wanted to go talk to that fey creature, and then kind of wrap around their home village and meet back up with Xanathar's traveling wonder show and travel north with them up towards this city this big city on the far end of where they are it's very far away from them it's it's you know days and days worth of travel uh so that was that was their plan when we last left our when we last left the session so i knew they were going to be out in the wild i knew they were going to be traipsing around so I wanted to have some stuff ready for like random encounters and stuff. And one of the things I wanted was a cool location. So I, I go to the table <laughs> there cause there's a table in uh, further afield, which like I've said, is basically like the DMG where it just has it's three little tables. What type of place is it? Who lives there? What makes this place special? So I was like, okay, let, let's just roll and see what we come up with. Uh, D8, each table is a D8 table. So I roll for it. I get a place of natural beauty. And I was like, well, that makes sense. They're out in the forest. So that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, 
And then I was like, who lives here? Roll that. Nobody lives here. However, the spirits of the dead might linger. Huh. Okay, there have been a bunch of undead in this campaign so far. Interesting, interesting. All right, what makes this place special? Roll. They find out a secret or information about one of the main things going on in the campaign. I was like, okay, so okay, there we go. There's a whole little thing, you know, and I just thought that was awesome. Uh, and I got a little random encounter thing going in case any random encounters came up. So the first one came up was the was the location. So they met what they thought was an old man who told them some tales about uh, the Emperor Titus Maximus and how he must have awoken. And that's bad. But even worse, if Titus has awoken, then so too has his pet magus orpheus who it said if you even utter his name he can get inside your dreams in your mind and go all freddy krueger on you so they learned about that they learned that the only way to put down orpheus um was with a weapon made out of star metal meteoric iron basically um iron that has fallen from the sky, which is a real thing. Uh, ancient cultures use that stuff and it's awesome. Uh, but yeah, so they learned that stuff. And then when they, uh, they had to make a save against spells and they fell asleep. And when they woke up in the morning, it was just a bag of, he had wrapped himself up in his cloak to go to sleep. But when they woke up in the morning, it was just a cloak full of bones and a rusty old sword with an insignia on the, on the scabbard of the sword of a waxing crescent moon, which maybe that means something, maybe not, who knows? So <clears throat> that was fun. And then the party was like, cool, let's, let's head back. And Wally, the fighter was like, well, should we warn the village that there were all these zombies around, even though they're all dead now, should we tell them party debated for a little bit and they decided not to. So they head out uh, and start heading North. But as they, as they get up to, they also had an interaction with the fairy, the fae creature, and that told them that, yes, far to the east, there was a great evil that was growing and amassing power. But additionally, the fae creature told them that there were strange riders uh, in small packs, humans on horseback, um, and their, their insignias on their armor and on their uh, horses or wherever you might find them. Are, it's a wolf insignia. So that's interesting. They travel around in packs of two or three. Um, and the the Fae didn't know what they were doing. They they're, Are they searching for something? Are they scouting for something? Who knows? But they're kind of scattered all throughout the land right now. So I don't know what that is. And then as the party got closer to the village, even though they were skirting it, they heard uh, the village bells ringing and the bells only ring for really important events. It's not always bad. It's not always good just for really important events. And so they were like, what do we do? Do we go back to the village and check this out or do we keep going? And they went back and forth, back and forth for a while, but they ended up going back to the village. <clears throat> and what they discovered was that the burgermeister of the town had been murdered 
by his own son, Peter. So the Burgermeister is William Nightall. He had been murdered by his son, Peter, who had then taken his own life. And the town was in a tizzy because they were looking for the blacksmith's daughter because they're convinced that she's a witch and she caused this to happen because her father who had realized his daughter was missing, found her diary and in an attempt to help find her, maybe he certainly didn't think anything was amiss, just that his daughter was missing, took, took the diary to the watch captain, the magistrate basically of the town. And if you read the diary, it, it, it seems fishy for sure. It absolutely seems fishy. And so, yeah, the, the, the town is constructing a big, basically, wicker man type thing to burn the witch when they find her. They can't find her. Um, but the party was able to crack the code in her diary and figure out that she and Peter had been hanging out at this one tomb out in the Barrow Downs. And that's where the party left. And so we ended the session with the party entering the dungeon. And that's why I ended the session like a half an hour early, <laughs> less than a half an hour early, uh, like 26 minutes early because I, I didn't have any, <laughs> I didn't have a little dungeon right there. Right. Um, so instead of, I, I've been making all of that shit up on the fly basically. And yes, you know, that's okay. You know, it's okay to be like, Hey dudes, we're going to call it right here. Uh, so we'll come back next session and it'll be an awesome session instead of us squeezing in a bunch of stuff in 20 minutes. Uh, it just makes more sense. And who knows, hopefully maybe possibly next time everyone will be there. Um, it's just crazy with a group of four people, well, five counting me. So a group of five people, it's hard to get everybody, together but one of the nice things about having five is if one person can't make it you can still play if two people aren't going to be there it, it gets a little it gets a little dicey one two three four five yeah there's five of us nice <laughs> it's just like i said we're so rarely all there together it's it's hard to remember sometimes but anyway that was the session of beyond the wall we got past the little rocky, the rough bits at the start and had a fun session. There was no romance really in it this time around. Um, one of the players, after hearing the town bells ringing, and then when they got into town, I told them they heard the sound of hammering, which was the sound of the scaffold and the wicker man thing getting built. Uh, he, <laughs> His theory was, which he gave us later, was that... <clears throat> the town was hanging up wanted posters for the party for the murder of Delicatessa, <laughs> which was really close, man. It was in the goddamn ballpark. Uh, I thought that was a really awesome guess, but that wasn't what, ha what was happening. As far as we know, um, Delicatessa is still safe and sound because we don't want anything to happen to Delicatessa, dude. <laughs> no way. Anyway... Uh, let's let's see what happens next. That was beyond the wall. Well, turns out what's next are some messages, and that's pretty awesome. 
yeah, I wasn't sure. Like I said, it's been a couple days since I first recorded that. As I record right now, it's Tuesday. That recording you just heard was from Sunday evening. Uh, but yeah, so I got some messages in my last episode. I asked a couple questions. I asked uh, if anyone had book recommendations for me because I have a ton of credits on Audible right now. And I got some recommendations, so that's dope. Uh, we'll get to that. I also asked uh, a question to uh, Joe Salvador, the Raven God himself, if there was a name for the Game Master, the Dungeon Master, the Referee in Reaver, the game he's designing. And so this first call is from Joe being kind enough to answer my question. So Joe, what do, what do we call the person who runs a game of Reaver? It is I. His chronicler, who alone can tell thee of his saga. Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. Hey, Joey. It's Joe. Uh, just coming on to answer your question um, from your latest episode. I paused it. haven't finished uh, the episode yet. Um, but yes, indeed, there is a name, special name, for the Game Master in Reaver. I got, a, got away from Game Master. I think I was using Referee at first. Um, considered things like Narrator or Judge or what have you. <clears throat> and um, I decided against those, and I really wanted to find something that felt in genre. I wanted to feel Sword and Sorcery. So, you know, when you're reading the book, you're getting that vibe. Um, and I landed on The Chronicler. And, uh, of course... That name is inspired by Maka's great introduction to Conan the Barbarian. All right, I'm off to finish uh, the episode. Cheers, buddy. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Chronicler is perfect. And as you could tell from the opening to Joe's call, Chronicler is absolutely perfect for a sword and sorcerer game. Yeah, man, good, good call. I, I You know, I, I don't want to bring up this whole debate again, but... I'm glad you didn't go with referee because it just it does not feel right to me in a role playing game to call the person a referee because that the referee is a separate thing when you're ah, I don't know. I just don't like it. I don't it doesn't it doesn't feel right to me. And that's because I never grew up with it. Right. I grew up with uh, Game Master, which is what it's called in Merp. I, I forget what it's called in. Marvel, TSR Marvel, even if there is if there is a name in Top Secret, I think it's the administrator. But yeah, for most of it, it was Game Master. And yeah, I don't know. It's referee just makes me feel weird. Uh, but anyway, man, thank you for answering the question. I Chronicler is perfect, dude. Absolutely spot on. Perfect. Reaver is such a great game. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait for the Kickstarter to launch. Uh, and I hope everyone out there gets it when it comes out because it's going to be rad uh yeah okay so this next call is from jason because if we cast our minds back which is apparently a thing i say this episode uh jason called in with a review of evil dead rise the new movie in the evil dead series uh and his review wasn't all that positive about it and I was kind of like, yeah, I, 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 I hear that, man, from what I've seen in the previews. I get it. But, 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 
it's been a couple days since Jason has seen the movie. He's had time to mull it over and think about it some more. And he has some other thoughts. So, Jason, what's up, dude? Hey, Joe. Jason here. Just want to say I want to recant a little bit on the Evil Dead Rise. So, yes, it, it is tied in. The idea, and this is a minor spoiler for the book, It the way it ties in with the rest of the franchise is they find another book. It's not the Necronomicon from the original Evil Deads. It's another book of the dead, and they and they lay down the lore in this movie that there are three of those. So the Necronomicon we're used to that Ash found is one of those, or Ash, you know, his was involved in his ventures was one of those. But this is another one. And the way they do the book in this movie is really cool. I won't talk about that, but it, the book in here is really awesome. And I, maybe I was a little harsh. After talking to other people in the horror community and whatnot, a lot of other people seem to really like this. It just wasn't brutal enough for me. I watch a lot of, like, Italian horror from the 80s, like Lucio Fulci and stuff like that, like Zombie and The Beyond and the House by the Cemetery and, you know, City of the Living Dead and stuff like that. And so, like, the movies, I'm, you know, Cannibal Holocaust, right? So the, the movies I'm used to are very visceral and very cruel where the, you, you know, when when you're going for somebody, you, you go for it, and, and they're all practical effects, which is awesome, and they don't hesitate to to do things to people's eyes and to, and to rip things off and to do horrible, you know, and show it. And and, and maybe those would get an X-ray in the U.S. I, I mean, you can buy all that stuff, you know, and see it on streaming services and stuff. You can go to YouTube and look for the, you know, best Fulci kill scenes and stuff. And so that's the kind of thing I expect from a movie. And so my expectations may be too high for an American movie. I don't know. Because they kind of wimp out in those aspects. They're not as, the kills aren't as brutal and, and whatnot. But stepping back from that, you know, it, it is kind of cool. It's in an apartment building, this old apartment building. They use the building about half to its effectiveness, to be honest. They could have used the building more effectively. The kills could have been more brutal. But, like I said, it has some interesting ideas. It definitely fits in with the Evil Dead franchise. And so I'm going to give it a lukewarm recommend. I'm going to say it's a matinee. Hey, Joe, I didn't want to get cut off, so I just gave you a second call. The acting in the Evil Dead Rise is pretty good. Um, and, and there are some cool things in there, I guess. I, I can say, I, I think I'm just spoiled by, by Fulci and some of the other Italian directors, you know. When I go, I expect, like, Demons and Demons 2. If you haven't seen those two movies, they're amazing movies. Demons, people are trapped in a movie theater and, of course, get attacked by demons. And Demons 2, they're in an apartment complex and, of course, get attacked by demons. And and yet you have wonderful characters there, you know, like Tony the Temple. Yeah, you need to check out Demons if you've never seen it. It's an awesome, awesome movie. It's got a great soundtrack. Um, anyway, that's not the point. The point is, you talked about reboots and, and sequels. Well, I already talked about how this – so this is kind of like a side movie. You could tie it together if they want to down the road, but they don't have to. It's kind of a standalone thing. They, they, they're they calling it Evil Dead to get people's butts in the theater, right, because it's using a book of the dead that summons these Kandaharian demons. And, you know, I, I get it, and I'm okay with it being called Evil Dead, honestly. I, I don't have a big issue with that because they're not, like, recasting – Bruce Campbell or any of that stuff. So I don't know. It's not a comedy like the ones you mentioned, though. This is like Evil Dead 1 and like the 2013 Evil Dead, 
this is a straight up serious movie. It's not a serious horror movie. It's not a comedy movie like Evil Dead 2 and um, Army Darkness. So anyway, take care. Talk to you soon. All right. There we go, man. So you get a tepid recommendation for Evil Dead Rise. I don't think, yeah, you know, like, I I wouldn't call the first Evil Dead movie a straight-up serious horror movie. <laughs> I mean, that movie is absolutely ridiculous, man. It's, it, it's meant to be, like, the whole, like, gushing blood out of the basement and everything, like the friggin' geyser of blood. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think having an Evil Dead movie be played totally straight I, I that's not an evil dead movie that's not the the absurdity the humor that's what an evil dead movie is supposed to be as as far as i mean they made three movies and at least one tv show that were all like that so yeah i don't know man i know bruce campbell put out a recommendation he said he really really likes the movie but you know so there's that uh, he got paid to say he really likes it, whether or not he does or not. That's you know up for everyone to decide. But yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just, I, I, <laughs> I can't see like Bubba Hotep. That's an Evil Dead movie, even though that's not an Evil Dead movie. It just has Bruce Campbell in it. But it's it it sounds more like an Evil Dead movie than this movie does so yeah man i'm glad i'm glad you've you enjoyed it more than you initially thought you did that's always cool when you leave a movie like that's why it's you know you gotta those gut reaction reviews that are all the rage like your opinions change about stuff after some time you know you think about it more so i appreciate you calling back in man that's awesome um yeah so now let's get into some uh Let's get into some book reviews, man. You got, you got, Jason, you have some cool advice. Uh, it might be a little too late now, but I'm going to play it anyway. And, uh, yeah, we'll take it from there, man. Hey, Joe, I don't have a specific recommendation for you, but now's a good time to buy Audible books for the next, like, four or five days. They're having a two-for-one sale, and they've got some collections on there where you can get, you know, a bunch of books together. And... That's the way I like to go with Audible if I can, get those collections, whether it's like Jules Verne, you know, you get some of the, those great his, great authors from the past. But I would definitely look to do it here in the next couple of days so you can take advantage of that two-for-one offer. That way you can kind of double your money, if you will. So good luck. Okay, so at time of recording, which is for something – in the afternoon Pacific time on the 25th of April, the uh, at least here in America, the two for one sale on Audible is still going on. So I will dive into that and perhaps I'll pick up some of these books that Joe Salvador is about to mention. Joe. Hey, Joe, it's me again. I'm just calling in with a, a, a list of books for you. Uh, you asked for some um, recommendations. I, you know, I, I know you're interested in fantasy and horror uh, so I'll, I'll start with that stuff. Um, probably my favorite fantasy series uh, of the modern age, I guess, um, is by Tad Williams. It starts with Memories Are When Thorn, uh, it's the trilogy. Uh, and he came back more recently and did a second trilogy called um, The Last King of Austin Ard. Uh, and I want to say there's at least three standalone novels that, that 
uh, intermingle with um, that storyline. Uh, so, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of material. Um, good stuff. Uh, the original book, uh, The Dragon Bone Chair. Um, I think that released in like 87 or 88. Uh, and it's certainly, the series in general, certainly um, inspired uh, some of Game of Thrones. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's a, it's an important work and, you know, it's one of the earlier fantasy works that I read. Um, so it's, and you know, it's influential. Uh, and let's see, uh, anything by Scott Odin is worth a read more, uh, sword and sorcery or even like sword and sandal. Uh, his major trilogy is, um, kind of set and starts, I guess, in the Viking age and moves forward. Um, but it, uh, I believe it's called the Grimner Trilogy, uh, but it starts with a gathering of ravens, um, and it's it's very cool. I think you'd dig it. It's uh, it's kind of brutal, very cool, like, take on mythology and whatnot. Um, certainly worth it. Um, and as far as, uh, I know you read, uh, like, Stephen King and whatnot. I don't know if you like Lovecraft, um, but there's certainly some modern takes on Lovecraft that have kind of flipped it. Uh, one of the best ones is Lovecraft Country. I believe that's by is it Matt Ruff, Mark Ruff. I'm gonna have to look that up. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, set in the '50s, I believe. Um, and I'm just looking it up right now. Uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna have to cut this out. Um, Kind of centers on a African American family, uh, the trials and tribulations that they go through in sort of like you know the racist fifties, um, which it kind of shows that you know just people in general are like the real bad guys. Uh, but it's in Lovecraft Country is a uh, collection of short stories all centered around this family, so they're all kind of link and they kind of culminate in like a like the final final tale. Um, <clears throat> definitely worth a read. Uh, I'm just trying to think of what else I told you. This is like the second time I recorded this cause I accidentally deleted it. Um, I, I think there was something else I mentioned, but it's escaping me right now. Anyway, uh, there's a few, uh, to check out and I'm going to send you another message on, uh, more like historical fantasy or, uh, that kind of thing. All right, man. Later. Hey, it's me again. Um, a few more, not, not really fantasy sort of fantasy really maybe some of them um a blood meridian uh, by Cormac mccarthy is probably one of the best books ever written I'm, i mean that's my opinion but it's it's kind of mandatory reading i think it, at least it should be um it's it's good it's it's kind of depressing uh but uh yeah uh good stuff uh let's see uh Laura Jo Rowland is an author that I used to read a lot of. Um, she wrote a long series of... It's basically a detective series, um, but it's set in uh, Tokugawa, Japan. I think uh, about 1700, I guess it's set. Um, Suniyoshi? I think Suniyoshi is the shogun. Anyway, uh, good stuff. I can't remember the name of the first book. Is it Shinju or... I think it is Shinju might be the first book. Um, she's also written a... a series set in Victorian London, um, which follows a, a female protagonist, also basically a detective story. Um, the Ripper's Shadow, I think, is the first book. 
yeah, so yeah, yeah, last year I was reading some sort of like Victorian era sort of stuff. And uh, one of the books, surprise, surprise, right? Um, one of the books that stood out was uh, by, I think it's Will Thomas, um, Some Danger Involved. And it's, it's the first book in a series. And I intend to go back to it. I haven't, I haven't done, read any of the other books. But it was, it was fun. Again, detective story, kind of action-oriented. You know, no, no fantasy involved, really. Um, and, uh, you know, finally, anything by Bernard Cornwell. Uh, the Last Kingdom is great. Maybe a bit too long, too many books, but I still enjoyed them. Uh, he wrote a series, uh, The Archer's Tale, uh, etc., 1356, a bunch of different books, all following a longbowman um, through uh, the Hundred Years' War. Um, really good stuff. Uh, and his take on the Arthurian legend as a trilogy, I believe it starts with The Winter King, and there's two other books, obviously, I can't remember. Um, all good, highly recommended. Uh, that's a little bit more fantasy, I guess. <clears throat> um, yeah, good stuff. I don't know if you ever ever read uh, James Clavell, but Shogun is certainly worth a read. It's long, uh, but you can get through it. Uh, all right, buddy. Uh, if I think of anything else, I'll, uh, I'll give you a call. Cheers. Dude, thank you, Joe. That is a hell of a list, man. Um, I've definitely heard of the Dragon Bone Chair books before and Tad Williams, though I don't think I've read any of his yet, so I need to. Those Scott Oden books sound dope, dude. A Gathering of Ravens, that just sounds hard as nails. Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country, I've heard a ton about. I've never read it. I remember when it came out and I was like, oh, I need to read that. Just never did. It's on my Audible wish list. So now that I have a, you know, a ton of credits, maybe I'll pull the trigger on that. Blood Meridian, I've read, I love. Uh it's 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 an amazing book. Uh yeah, Cormac McCarthy just he rules, man. Uh the who is it? Lord Joe Rowland, I think that's what you said. Uh The Ripper Shadows. That that sounds cool or Shinju about in a detective story and old japan you know i'm down for that i love japan that sounds cool as hell um danger involved that sound interesting shogun i've i've <laughs> i've heard of shogun and how long it is i don't know man we'll see maybe i'll pick it up if they have it on audible they probably do i will check it out and then uh yeah that's it man so thank you for all that i'm gonna i'm gonna dig around and see what they have because like jason pointed out they do have uh, some series on there right now, some collections from you know the same author, like couple, like the first couple books in a series. So maybe they'll have those Tad Williams books. Yeah, dude, I appreciate it. So thank you, Joe. Okay, folks, this last call is I I, I want to give uh, a, a a trigger warning. If if you don't like hearing raw emotion, uh, it's it's a call from our buddy Carl. Um, and he, he has some really sad news about the passing of a pet. If, if he talks about other stuff too, um, but you can, you can hear the emotion in his voice and it's heart wrenching and it's touching. And I appreciate him for calling in and sharing that with us. But again, if you don't, you know, if that kind of stuff makes you feel uncomfortable, uh, that's, this is pretty much the end of the episode. You could skip ahead, uh, like three or four minutes. Uh, that's, that's about it. And then, you know, I'll wrap up at the end, but yeah, Carl, dude, 
The floor is yours, my man. Hey there, Joe. Just catching up on your podcast and kind of using it to distract myself because we had to put uh, Pearl down today. And I just didn't want to go in and uh, be there when it happened. I just can't take too many fadings. I've had too many, uh, including, you know, both both uh, animals and people. And it's not uh, pleasant. So um, anyway, I just wanted to sit this one out. And my wife's in there. I already said goodbye to Pearl. And, and I told her to go hunt in the great pack in the sky. So... Um, so anyway, I'm envious that you got Drunk Jason on. Now you get uh, Crying Carl. I guess there's a alliteration there. Anyway, um, cool stuff. I'm glad that Wrath of the Righteous Book 3 kicked off. Um, I, too, am not a fan of Guinness as the way it's imported, imported into the U.S. It's pretty thin and not like... They actually have an export Guinness, which is... Well, you don't like stouts, so it maybe it's a little too thick. Or, But... Uh, I would say that Guinness Stout, as we know it in the U.S., and that I've had forever on Nitro or whatever, is pretty thin. So, um, yeah, I like my beers. I like IPAs. I guess I've been, sometimes i got to put them down, not drink too many IPAs, because uh, the hops kind of gets to me after a while, especially this hazy craze. I'm not a big fan. I just like a good, hoppy, clean, West Coast-style IPA, um, preferably a double it's got some booze to it so um anyway i think we're gonna go do that when amy comes out and um yeah i wonder would you consider it's not in your 10 year window but are shrek fantasy films too they got dragons they got talking donkeys they got ogres and there's a shrek 5 coming out here in um 2023 apparently but um i want to know well 2010 the uh, uh shrek forever or whatever like the Batman riff on the Batman Forever came out. So is that in your window? I'm not sure. Maybe not. Three years out. So, um, yeah. I do like mini games. I think um, we'll see how Kingmaker goes. If people really get into the into the, the kingdom building and other things. I know there's, they introduced the battle system that they use. That they then use it. I think, I don't know. Did it predate? I have to go back and look. But I know the battle system came out in Kingmaker as well um, so, so I'm looking forward to that as well as the kingdom building mini game and I think a cool game that has mini games is Traveler and one person um, in both of my games the game I run and the game I play has taken on the role of the quartermaster and is doing the finances got to their spreadsheet and I remember even back when I first played Traveler mega, in the Mega Traveler era uh, a friend of mine did that too had a little, his little Excel spreadsheet for his ship and its ship finances. And that's kind of fun for people. So uh, don't discount it. Some people don't get into it. I don't know. Um, but hopefully they support the players that do. And I, I've heard I've heard comments, unfortunately, about players. Well, this player doesn't really get into it. Well, they haven't seen him in my game get into space trucking. So uh, there you go. <laughs> so, and then other players get into like uh, inventory management, right? It's either in an OSR style game, D&D style game, where they're keeping track of all the magic items and the gold and, and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, or if they're keeping track of all the ammo and guns uh, in their Twilight 2000 platoon. So um, go free Krakow Coalition. Anyway, I've been long-winded and I should get back to finishing your podcast because I think you just popped another beer. All right. Be back soon.
Nice, Carl. Man, yeah, dude, I am... I'm just really sorry about that, dude. That's a sucky thing to get through, but I'm glad my weird little podcast was able to distract you at least a little bit, dude. Um, and I'm glad that you were able to have a beer for Pearl afterwards. And when you, <clears throat> when, <laughs> when you said that you told Pearl to go hunt in the great beyond that, that choked me up, man. That was, those were some really solid words. Um, but yeah, so thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, dude, book three is off and running. We're, we're getting ready to dive back in this week at time of recording. Of course, this weekend is the next session of that, which will be the second session of book three. And we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Cause it's fun with, as far as the rebuilding process goes, like the players got in a sweet zone and just, figured a bunch of stuff out and they got two thirds of it done, you know, cause there's a set amount of points that the party needs to accrue of these restoration points in order to bring the city of Dresden out of ruination, basically. Uh, and you earn points by, you can donate gold. You can, if you heal people all day, you get one point per day. If you build buildings, you get X amount of restoration points per X amount of gold that the building is worth. And that's where the player is concentrated. They they put their math hats on. We got into some serious math finder. And they they figured out what buildings would be one thematically and story-wise appropriate combined with what would be the most bang for your buck point wise. And I thought that was awesome because these are role playing games, right? They're about role playing and they're also a game and they, they gamed it up, you know? And I, I like that. It was a whole, like the mini game I thought was cool. And they got two thirds of the way to where they need to go to, which was awesome, man. And I don't know, you know, reading this and having played, we never, got into the third book, but I have the feeling that I, I misstepped a little bit. Um, I don't know that everything is supposed to be done at once. I think maybe the idea is supposed to be that they go back and forth and build it up over time, but that's not what we did. I'm cool with that. It's been two weeks of game time um, since the party Re recaptured Citadel Dresden and freed it of the demonic hosts. And yeah, they got a boatload of work done in 10 days because a whole, basically two armies showed up an army of soldiers sent by the queen, queen Galfrey, as well as an army of camp followers and, uh, you know, construction workers, bricklayers, blacksmiths, just a whole army battalion worth of people to build. So people and uh, supplies aren't the problem. But yeah, man, we'll see what happens in the next game. I hope your Kingmaker game gets going. That's the one that's one of the one of the campaigns that I've always wanted to play in. Uh, cause I, I love it, man. I'm that player. I don't know. You know, I, I get into the kingdom building. I would love to play in a game as like a wizard where you're crafting magic items and buildings, like creating new spells and shit. I love that kind of stuff. I get into it. 
but yeah, man, I hope your games are going well. There's there's different kinds of games for different kinds of folks out there. That's that's for sure, man. Players like different stuff from a game, and that's that's awesome, man. But yeah, dude, thanks again for your call, Carl. That was touching as hell, dude. So um, yeah, let me get out of here. Okay, so some additional information as of time of recording. So the 25th of April, 2023, uh, Blood Meridian is free right now on Audible. If you're, I mean, I'm a member. I subscribe to Audible, but it's, it's, it's free. It looks like it's free to anyone. I didn't even have to spend a credit for it or anything. I just wanted to make sure I had it. Uh, and it it's free. <laughs> <laughs> so go check that out. I picked up, uh, based on Joe's recommendations, I picked up the first two books in uh, the Tad, Tad Williams series, the first one being The Dragon Bone Chair, and then the second book, which I'm excited about. What is the... What's the second one called? I just picked it up. It's called... Uh, the Stone of... Uh, farewell the stone of farewell and the series which has a super dope name is called i'm not gonna find it there it is memory sorrow and thorn yeah memory sorrow and thorn that's a dope name for a trilogy um i also picked up the ripper's shadow by uh laura joe roland and it's it's got a pretty awesome cover. It's got a you know mostly naked lady laying down on the cover. That's pretty sweet. And I got a Gathering of Ravens because it just sounds too dope. So those are the four books I picked up. Now I just got to get them loaded onto my phone and start reading. Man, the uh, the dragon, the Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn trilogy. Those are no joke. Those books are both over thirty hours. Sick, dude. <laughs> I'm stoked for that. But anyway, thank you so much for those recommendations, Joe. Jason, thank you for the updated review of Evil Dead Rise and for the advice on the two-for-one sale. It's going strong, and I do have a couple credits left, so I still might pick up some books out of there. Uh, And yeah, dude, Carl, thanks again. So, so sorry about your loss, man. That's, That's, yeah, man. But... I'm glad you called in, and I really appreciate it, dude. So I hope you and Amy are doing all right, and I will talk to all of you soon. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be reading. <laughs> so take care of yourselves. Take care of somebody else. And until next time, watch the NBA playoffs, and peace out.